Anna, you know, when you think about um, our story, everybody here has a story in your life. And that story is something that God builds on, but can never be taken away from you in your life. I remember before we had children and I was like 24 years old and I was a youth pastor. I believed I was an authority on youth. How many of you know 24, no children says you're disqualified? How many, you know what I'm saying? And parents would come and, and they would tell me their story and I would give them a sterile answer to it. I could tell by looking at them, they were virtually saying with their eyes, sit down, shut up and learn something. How many of you know what I'm saying? And I think there's something about in our life, our story and the power of our story or the power of the testimony that God has done in our life. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says that we overcome because of what Jesus has done and the power of our testimony, where that's our story. And there's just something significant because it's God's fingerprint on your life. It's, it's, it is specific to your DNA, to the way that God wound you. And today is a day that is, if I could say it like this, is it's, it's like the icing on, a, on the cake of something that started nearly two years ago through a process. And, and many of you know that you that Jill and I had always planned for Micah to pastor the church. We had always planned that Micah, you know, and he came to me when he was about 20, 19 or 20. He said, Dad, I feel called to be a pastor. Would you ever consider me being a pastor? And, and I said, well, absolutely. That would be something, you know, we talk about as a board, but um, and the board concurred in, in way back then. And we just begin to develop him over the next seven to eight years. How many of you enjoyed watching Micah grow? How many, this is what I noticed. Some of you would, when he first started, would come to me and say, are you preaching next week? And, um, and I, I'm like, well, yeah, he, he did really good. And then later on, they would say, is Micah preaching this week? You know what I'm saying? And, and, um, but you know, when, when the, many of you know that that was something that we had always planned, but nearly three years ago, God let us know that that was not his plan. That that was, how many of you, when you have a plan and it doesn't match God's plan, have a tough time. You know what I'm saying? And so at that point, it was kind of like, okay, Lord, and I will be really honest with you. I was a little bit not upset with God, but I was more like, okay, Lord, you had me do all this. Why didn't you tell me earlier? You know what I'm saying? Why do you have, why did you have to do it like this? And you know, you as we think about it, is I prayed, and, and Jill and I both prayed, and we just had this incredible peace. And I've learned through my relationship with the Lord that when that peace is there, it is as though God is saying to me, I have a plan, and I need you to trust me, and it's all going to work out really well. And so, but I still like answers. How many of you are with me on that? I'm like, Lord, why don't you just give me both? I'll take both. And it, but he didn't. And so as, as, as uh, time progressed and kind of fast forward to about a, a year and a half ago, Pastor James and Eileen are very dear friends of ours. And we've known him for 22 years. Actually, um, before I accepted the pastorate of this church, Pastor James came and he was accepting the pastorate of 
uh, Victory Life Church. They changed it to Victory Life Church in Battle Creek. And the first time we met was before he had gone over there and he preached here on a Sunday night. I preached on Sunday morning. And so we met and through the course of time, we had just become very close friends. And him and my, uh, his wife, Eileen, and my wife are just incredibly close friends as well. And I, we get together, Pastor James and I, usually a couple few times a year as pastors because nobody can really relate to pastors, in case you didn't know that, is kind of the stuff they deal with and, and, and all of that. And so we would encourage each other, pray for each other, and that kind of thing. And as I was reflecting on our up-and-coming um, lunch that we were going to have, we would kind of meet in the middle and we would have lunch. And as I was reflecting on our lunch, um, I was reminded of a story that James had told me 15 plus years earlier. And it was just something that it, I just thought when he told it to me, I thought that is such an incredible heart when he told me a story of his desire to just help pastors. And so as I was pondering um, kind of where we were at, I thought, you know, I'm just going to mention to Pastor James where we're at and just ask him to pray. And so um, as we were talking and we had lunch and I thought to myself, I'm going to wait till the very end and say it because how many know certain things will mess up your lunch and you won't get anything else done. And so we waited till the very end and I just looked at uh, Pastor James and I said, I just have this incredible peace. I don't know what it means. I don't even know where it's going to lead. I said, but I have this incredible peace just to share with you and ask you possibly if you know somebody that could be a pastor that we, you know, that would be raised up over the course of time. And I said, and I'm not even saying I know anything, anything. I'm just saying I had a peace to talk to you about it. And so at that point, we, I said, let's commit this to prayer for the next month or two, and then we'll come back and we'll see if we both bear witness that we feel like the Lord is doing something. And so about, I don't know, a couple months later, we came back together, met at our same spot. Love this point, chin chins. If you haven't eaten there, oh my gosh. Is, um, and so we uh, met at chin chins and he's like, you know what? I just have this incredible peace as well. And I said, he asked if I, if I had, if anything had changed with me. And I said, no, I, I just really sense the peace of God. And so I said, let's do this. Let's commit it to prayer. And then we'll come together again. And I'm going to mention it and talk to our board um, and, and have them pray about it. And let's just come together as a group. And so we were praying and then the board began to pray. And we had a couple meetings with the board and the board came back and they said, man, we just have, we just sense God. We just sense the peace of God. We just sense that God is on this. And so we had another meeting with Pastor James and our, I did had another meeting and we were talking and I said, I really feel like I just have peace on this. And then he be, and then I began to ask him, well, who are you thinking about and so forth and so on. And he brought up this guy by the name of Luke. Has anybody ever heard of Luke in the house? So he brought up this guy by the name of Luke. And I said, well, let me meet him. And I, and I met him. And as soon as I met him, I'm going to be, I was like, okay, God, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. 
this is um, something that I personally, this is for me that I live by, is um, figure out what God's doing and agree with it. And then let all the other stuff filter in. If we flip it and we say, okay, God, I'll agree with you if I can understand it, figure it out, quantitative, and I feel like it. That's the quickest way to miss God. And so I said, Lord, I see what you're doing. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know anything, but I see what you're doing. And I said, well, then the next step is we, our board, the whole board needs to come together and we need to go up and visit Victory Life and in Battle Creek and visit, meet with their board and allow our board to just fire questions or concerns or anything and just be able to. So we did that and we left and the board was still the same. The board was like, we feel like God's doing something. We feel like this is the Lord. And so through the course of events, we had Luke come probably nine months or something ago. I don't know, 10 months ago. Is that what you said? Yeah, it, we had, we had uh, Luke come and, and minister. And afterwards, you know, we hung out with him. And the Lord has continued to over and over and over reveal that his hand is in it. His hand is in what we're doing. And you know, um, the board was just unanimous and the team and everybody was unanimous. And so we said, okay, um, we're going to be, and for um, I think uh, most of you know, is um, we're Road to Life, but we're going to become Victory Life in um, part of Victory Life Church and be a, a, uh, a sat, we'll call it a satellite campus. But Luke is going to be the campus pastor. Or he's going to be the one that's here. And the um, one of the primary reasons for that is I want, I know Pastor James and Eileen incredibly well in their integrity. And I want Pastor Luke to be under Pastor James and Eileen for the coaching and the mentoring and the developing and, and all of those types of things. And so as we come together today, really what today is about is today is us laying hands on Luke, placing him in as the pastor of the church. And some of you have said to me, so what are you going to do? I'm going to be a good Christian. You said, what is a good Christian? I'm going to serve any way I can. This is my church. And Pastor Luke and Pastor James will be my pastors. So you might see me greeting. You might see me pulling weeds. Okay. You will see me in whatever it is, but I'm going to do what I've always preached that Christians should do. Are you all with me? Say amen. 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 It's, and so, but what I want to do is I believe today is a day to hand off the baton. Today is a day to hand off the baton. And I want to invite Pastor James and Eileen and Luke and Jillian and Jill, babe, will you come up as well? As they're coming up, um, there's a, a story in the book of Acts chapter 13. 
And the Bible says that the leaders were seeking the Lord. And um, one of them, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, separate unto me Paul and Silas. Paul had, prior to this, had not been in ministry. And it says, for the work that I have called them to. I think it's interesting that God talked about something past tense. And he said, I called them to this a long time ago. Luke was called to this a long time ago. In, in high school, the Lord spoke to Luke and said, you're going to be a pastor one day. Today is all of us partnering in the culmination of the plan, the call, and the purpose of God for this church, which is God's church, and to lay hands on Luke and be able to place him in and agree with what God is doing. How many of you are excited about that? I'm excited about that. And you know, the, um, I want to call Pastor James up. Did you want to share something, Pastor James? You know, I was just going to ask two questions. Okay. What's one bit of advice you want to give this young man? As you've stood in the office here of the pastor of the church for 22 years, what's one bit of advice you would give him? Um, number one is have wise people over you. Listen to what they say. And, and number two, never allow offense to lead your life. Good word. Good word. I'm going to give you one more question. What's one bit of encouragement you would give to the congregation you've led for 22 years? Wow. This is, is this like our donut coffee roundtable moment right now? <laughs> right now. Um, I would say this, that the church in America today um, has got all the little flavors and, you know, like ice cream. It's got all the, and sometimes if we don't watch it, we can think that um, I'm in charge and in control at the church, but the only one that's in charge and in control should be the Lord. Amen. Amen. It should be the Lord. Yeah. And that we should be fitly joined and plugged in to a church because we're chasing Jesus. Yeah. What you will see is things change. I mean, stuff changes, but if my heart remains unoffendable and I stop and I realize, Lord, you planted me in this house, that what you will realize is God will grow you through every season. He will deposit into you through every season. And when he does that, he will equip you for the next season so that when you get into the next season, you're equipped and it doesn't take you by surprise. Well, as the old timers would say, we've just had church. <laughs> I'm going to have you pass the uh, mic to Pastor Luke here. Um, this is a big moment for you guys. And I remember when you sat in my office and I presented the vision to come to St. Joe. And you guys have responded. How did you know that this is where God was calling you? Or when did you know? Um, in June, when we preached about getting out of the boat, I was preaching to myself. I knew it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was time to step out. 
And like you said, just to trust God with the next step. Yeah. Because we don't know. We don't know what the next step is. Yeah. You guys have been faithful the whole time to lead us. We both had our hands on the baton for the last few months. I accept. Yeah. We'll run with what you've built. Amen. And you've built. We're thankful. Yeah. Do you have a word of encouragement, Eileen? I just, um, well, first of all, we just love Pastor Mike and, and Jill, and it's just a pleasure to be a part of this with you guys and to walk with you through this. So it's just a pleasure. It's an honor. Um, and I, the verse I had for this whole situation was um, just that God is with us. You know, it's Emmanuel, God is with us. And just to remember that every step that you two take as you're transitioning to a new season, and you are too, all of us, that God is with us in this. It's so evident and such a beautiful thing to watch, even through, you know, moments that are, you know, kind of challenging or, or different. Um, God's with us. God's all over this. And, and I think that's what I just want to remind us, continue to remind us that God's with, God's with all of you. God's with all of us. And not to forget that. That's a, that's a really comforting thought and promise. And um, we just need to hold on to that and, um, and trust God, as Pastor Mike said. Amen. Well, we want to anoint you with oil, Pastor Mike and I and Jill. And we want to yes. actually. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your Jill, hands. I want to put a little on your finger. For the passion of our life is to honor you and honor the plan and all that we do. And Lord, as we stand here today, it is a reflection of your faithfulness. God, it is a reflection that we don't have to get everything to follow you. We just need to follow. And Lord, today as we hasten into ministry, Lord, we thank you for your protection. Lord, not only over Luke personally, but over his marriage. Lord, over his children. Lord, we commit them to you. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of provision and strength and joy. Lord, I thank you that this is the dawning of a new season, of a greater season. That, Lord, there will be a day that Luke will be standing before you in heaven and there will be thousands of people that will be there because this day he answered the call. God, today we commit him to you. We commit Jillian to you. We declare over every plan of the enemy, it will not come to fruition, but the plan of God is what will come to, come to pass. Lord, we pray for an increased anointing upon him. Lord, I thank you that you are the one that fills up all of the hollow spots, all of the needy spots. And Lord, that as we seek you, you do all things well and all things complete. We commit them to you. God, we thank you. Like you said in Acts, we commit them to the work whereunto you've called them in Jesus' name. Yes, and Father, we just set them apart for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. Father, we just give thanks. 
that you are faithful to complete the work you have began. And we just pray for this community, for the lost to come to Christ, for That's marriages right. to be strengthened, right. for kids to find their identity in Christ. And we pray for a fresh anointing to fall upon uh, Pastor Luke and Jillian as, as, and pray you'd give them wisdom and discernment, give them vision. Father God, and we just give thanks for the work you've set them apart to, and we say yes and amen in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Well, I tell you what, one of the first acts I'm going to have as campus pastors is we're going to have Pastor Mike and Pastor Jill stand right in front of you, and you are going to pray for them. Come back here, Jillian. We're going to put Pastor Mike and Jill right in front of you guys, and we want you to pray for them as they step into the next chapter that God has in their lives. Bridget. Father, we thank you for your hand that has been upon Pastor Mike and Pastor Jill. Lord, we thank you for the steps that you have ordered. We thank you, Lord, for um, the words that have proceeded from their mouths, Lord, that you have placed in their hearts to touch a community. God, we thank you for the lives that have been changed, the seeds that have been planted, Lord, the laboring that has been done. God, that now you, you allow Jillian and I to continue God, we thank you for it. We, we lay hands on them, Lord. We bless them. We are so grateful, Lord, for the work that they have done. We thank you, Lord, for their hearts that have been given to you. And we pray, Lord, that the peace that surpasses all understanding would guard their hearts and their mm -hmm. minds, Lord, as they move into this new season. God, we thank you for the steps that are going to continue to be ordered. We thank you for the doors that are going to continue to be opened. We thank you for the lives that are going to continue to be changed for your glory. Lord, will you just lead them? Lord, let them hear your heartbeat so clearly yes. as they continue to walk forth and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Victory Life, I introduce to you your new campus pastors right here, Pastor Luke and Jill. Wow. Thank you, thank you, and I tell you what, Pastor Mike, could you hand me my Bible and my iPad right there, and we have a few minutes here. I'm going to share. Awesome. Thank you. Well, how are we doing this morning, Victory Life? We doing good? Yeah. All right. A lot to take in, especially for those uh, that have called this their home for many years. Um, God is continuing to do a work and is going to do great things. Uh, if you're new or visiting uh, Victory Life, a special welcome to you. My name is Pastor James. Uh, I'm the lead pastor at the main campus, and um, we're excited that you're here. I want to just share a word as uh, I, Pastor Mike has been sharing on Lent, and, and really the main campus has been doing the same messages. So, if ever you guys uh, on a weekend want to kind of get out a little bit, you know, there's so much more to offer in Battle Creek than this beautiful lake you have out here, right? <laughs> but if you ever do visit Battle Creek, uh, it's the same series that we're doing. And, and so we're just all going to be connected. The advantages to being a campus is uh, your students are going to uh, be able to experience kids camp, or um, we call it Camp Victory, which is uh, middle school as well. 
It is amazing. And so Kids Camp or Camp Victory is going to be uh, opened up. Your students are going to be able to experience that. Uh, we call it the, the Victory Life Missions Trip, where we go into the, the city and we do work projects and outreach into the city. Uh, your students get to be a part of that. And then, of course, the return and the journey, our men and women's retreats that we offer. So th there's a benefit to being a campus and being a part of a, a bigger body of Christ. So... Great things are coming, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, I've got a few minutes here, and we've been talking about Lent. And in looking at Lent, it is really, a, it's to reflect that time that Jesus wandered into the wilderness. It is really a time that is 40 days prior to Easter. It's a time that we've really encouraged you to be praying and fasting, to, to come into greater alignment with God. And here's what I want to add to the equation. And so if, if you haven't had a time to fast, it's not too late. I want to encourage you. There, there's one day fast. There's comfort fast. There's complete fast. But, but here's what fasting does and the impact it's going to have, because at the end of this 40-day period is going to be Easter. And Easter is going to be the single largest visitor day yeah. of the year. Yeah. Easter, we're going to see more people from the community that have never gone to church, that don't go to church, come in through these doors and fill this seats. Yeah. And they're going to come into an environment where God's people have been praying and fasting for 40 days. And so Really what fasting does is it really impacts our personal lives. And, uh, you know, spring will eventually get here at some point, right, if we're just patient. But one of the things that I need to do every spring is I get the ladder out, I hook up the hose, I march up the ladder with the hose, and I need to clean the gutters out because we have maple trees with the little helicopter spinners that fill and they clog the, the eaves trough. And last year when I did this, I hooked up the hose on the side of the house, marched around the corner, climbed up the ladder, grabbed the spade, turned on the nozzle, and a few drips came out. So I climbed back down the ladder, went back around, and turned the faucet full, came back around the corner, climbed back up the ladder, got the spade, turned on the faucet, and a couple of drips came out. Now I realize there must be a kink in the hose. So I'm, I'm whipping the hose, and I'm trying to get the kinks out and realize that I need to get down off the ladder, come back around the corner, get the kinks out so that the water can flow. I can get back on the ladder, have the power now to flush out the, the eaves troughs. And, you know, fasting has the same effect in our natural and spiritual lives. That fasting isn't trying to get God to move and do things because when he hung on the cross, he said it's finished. He's come to do everything he is going to do. He's empowered you already. So fasting isn't me trying to get God to do something. Fasting is me getting the kinks out of the hose so that I can be filled with the power of God to do the assignment that's been given to me. And that's what this 40 days is about. And those kinks in the hose, they, they can be pride, they can be selfishness, they can just be, you know, I want it done my way. Whatever it is, that fasting means less of me and more of him. It is about bringing my heart into alignment with his will. That's right. 
so that the power can flow through. And that's why I really want you to just be encouraged in this remaining time of Lent. And that's why we've called the main campus, we've called this campus, a call to prayer, a call to fasting, so that the power of God, that that he died on a cross and enabled you to have for that power to flow into your marriages, into your relationships, into your school and into your work environment, that that power can flow in you and through you so that we can be the light that will reach the community on the biggest day of the year when they walk into this place. And so I, I have a picture I want to show you of Armand. And uh, look at that. Good looking guy with a kid. No. <laughs> this is a picture of Armand that I took seven years ago. And um, we, were, we were just celebrating in the lobby. Uh, and, and so we had a special series going called The Promise, and this was taken with Armand just before church, and I'm just working the lobby, I call it. I'm going through the lobby. I'm just talking to people. I'm giving high fives, and I'm greeting people before service. It's about seven, ten minutes before service, and Armand and his mom walk through the door. They've been coming for a little while, and they just kind of seemed low-key, You know, they didn't have a lot of energy. They didn't have a lot of big smiles. They were just kind of walking through. And so you know me, I'm just, if you know me, I'm kind of a guy that has a little bit of energy, a little bit of optimism. And so I just thought, you know, hey, you're in the greatest place you could be right now. You're at Victory Life Church. You're in the house of God. And I'm just, I'm there to greet them. I'm just a greeter at this point, right? And so I go and I greet them. I give them on a high five. I I say hi to to his his mom and, and I go, hey, can I get a picture with Armand? Do you mind if I get a picture with Armand? I get, I give somebody my phone and I get down on one knee and we take a couple pictures. I said, come on, let's show, let's show off our muscles. And this is the picture. And the mom is, uh, is starting to cry. And so my thought is, I don't know if I did something wrong at this point or what, but you know, after we got the picture, look at the look on this guy's face here. I mean, he's having the time of his life. And, and I go up and I go, oh, thank you guys for being here. And, and she's got tears. And she says, his dad was shot and killed two days ago. And this is the first time I've seen him smile. You don't know what's walking through the door. And everybody has a story. And this is why we need to be ready for Easter. This is why I need you to be ushers. This is why I need you to be a greeter. This is a call to arms to say this is the time, even though I know you're dealing with adjustments, You're dealing with change. This is a time that I'm saying it's a call for us to be the church. Because every Sunday, there's our minds that are coming through the door. And a greeter, if it wasn't important, I wouldn't ask you to do it. 
But I'm telling you, all she needed was somebody to shake her hand and smile. That's all she was looking for that day. And you've got something in you and it's called the Holy Spirit and it's the greatest thing that could be inside any individual. And it's what the world is looking for. Because that Holy Spirit gives hope and it gives peace and it gives joy. And and it's not just holding the door open. It's shaking hands and ministering. It's ministering joy. It's ministering peace. It's ministering love. I need ushers. We need ushers that when people give their life to Jesus, we can get a booklet to them. We need ushers to to help new guests find and navigate their ways around to know. Because you know what? I love this building, but I I, I feel when I was new, like like a mouse trying to find cheese in a maze, right? I mean, if you've been here 20 years, you know the layout, but, but if you're new, you have no clue where bathrooms are in this place. You have no clue where to take the kids and what time the kids go and how that works. You, you have no clue, and we need ushers to just look for people that look a little lost to step in and help out and make them feel welcome, to make this place their place. We need greeters that will just greet with a, with a friendly smile because everybody's got a story. Some walk through the door and they've thought of suicide that week. Some walk through the door and they've just discovered they're going through a divorce and it wasn't their choice. Some come through the door and they've lost a job. Some come through the door and their life is just okay, but there's something missing and they're trying to fill it. And they're extremely uncomfortable walking in this place because everything in their flesh tells them not to go in, but there's something in their heart and their spirit that compels them to walk through the door. And I need you to greet them. I need you to sacrifice a Sunday morning to stand at the door or to be an usher because there's a community out there. There's 80,000 people out there and they're all looking for what you have found. I want you to be praying and I want you to be fasting for this very incredible day that we celebrate Christ raising from the dead. But to also realize, I I get it, we have family traditions, but here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to put those family traditions off till the afternoon, that in the morning we make it all about Jesus. And the number one thing he loves is people. So as Pastor Mike said, I want to I want to figure out what he's what Jesus is doing and just come into agreement with it. And I'm telling you, he loves people. I'm gonna finish with this word here. Uh, and it's out of Esther. People in the booth have done real good because I've just skipped about three pages of notes. But in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, Mordecai brings the situation of the community to Queen Esther. And he asks her to go before the king. And Queen Esther realizes that if I go before the king, he has the ability to kill anybody that approaches the king without being summoned. 
So literally, she's putting it all on the line. It's more than just giving up a Sunday morning. But it's putting her life on the line for the will of God. And Mordecai responds, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family, your father's family will perish. If we won't step in and be the church, the Holy Spirit will find a church that will reach out to the community. And Mordecai says, if you don't do this, the will of God won't be hindered. He'll just find somebody else that's willing and obedient. That is what the word is. And who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Church, you're here today. Pastor Luke and Jillian are here today. Pastor Mike and Jill are here today for such a time as this. This is our time to be the church. This is our time to greet our community that is walking through the door with stories like Armand for us to be the light. Are you guys ready to be the church? The church needs you. The church needs you to serve. The church needs you to greet. church needs you to usher. To allow the power of God, like that hose, <laughs> for the power of God to fill you, to be in you, and to flow through you, and to touch our community. Amen? I'm going to pray for you. Pastor John is going to be at the counter, uh, the welcome area. And there's a give it a try card that if you're interested... <laughs> I want you to either fill out one of these give it a try cards or I want you to uh, see Pastor John because we got three weeks and it's go time. I need varsity players on the field. I I need you to get your game on. I need you to get prayed up. I need you to get the kinks out of the hose. I need you to get ready because it's our big day. It's our big day. And there's people that won't come to church, but if you will invite them to church on Easter, they will come on Easter. There is something about it. Their grandma told them that they would die in hell if they didn't go on Easter. I don't know what it is, but but Easter is prime time. And and if you've got family, serve one one service, be with family the next. Do what Eileen and I do. We we gather with family afterwards for a nice meal, but man, we're all about the community come church time, and and we need you. So let me just pray for you, okay? There's one prayer that we end every service with at Victory Life Church. Last week, we had 11, we had um, 24 people give their lives to Jesus between the two campuses, between the main campus here. Pastor Mike gave a message, gave us a run for our money. He had 11 salvations. I had 13 over there. 24 people last week didn't have hope in Christ that seven days ago found hope what they were looking for. And so every week we give people this opportunity. And that is what you're looking for can only be found in Jesus. The peace, the hope, the joy, the things your heart longs for is only going to be found in Jesus. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, there's one question that every heart needs to have answered. And the question is this. Is my heart right with God? And as you think of that question, as you ponder that, it's a fair time to even ask, Lord, is my heart right with you? 
And if you're here today and you're saying, well, I hope so, or I think so, today you can know for sure. You might be saying, well, I try to be a good person. I, I try to do the right thing. Listen, trying harder to be good doesn't make you right with God. But the Bible says in Romans, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And what that verse means is there's got to be a defining moment where we surrender and we say, Jesus, come into my life and rescue me. And if you don't have that memory, that moment, this is your time right now. I'm going to pray on a count of three, and I'm going to pray for anybody here that is saying, I don't know if my heart's right with God. Include me in that prayer. If that describes you on a count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Don't miss this. One, two, right now, three, just raise your hand, lift it up. Thank you. I see that hand right there. Is there another one? I don't know if my heart's right with God, but today I want to know. It's important. Just lift your hand because I want to give you some information that will help you with this relationship. Anybody else? Awesome. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. What a beautiful promise that is, and that's what we're going to do. So if you're watching online, if you're in here, I literally want you to pray this prayer out loud. And church, if you'd pray along for encouragement and just pray, oh, heavenly father, I come to you in Jesus name. I believe you died on the cross, that you rose again, and you're seated on the throne. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done wrong, and I choose to forgive all others. Come into my life today and forever. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen.